Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. Welcome to Thriller Bitcoin. I think he's right. I think we. Uh, I think we do, or at least I try. In my thing that I do, I feel like I delegate really well and trust them to complete the task, like with Darren or with Logan, or even with you know Alex. Uh, so I definitely train those guys up to replace me. At least that's how I always think about things. And um, it's because I had a really good mentor at my last job, where he he was he taught us that, um, and so. Now, going forward, whenever I do anything, it's like, how do I train the person underneath me to replace me? That's because it's all it's going to do is free more time for me to do the things that I need to do. Um, but most people don't think like that, especially like in if you're if you don't have that entrepreneur mindset or, uh, you know, a free open source mindset, it's it's you probably are more like close to the chest about things. You want to keep everything internal because you're afraid they're going to take your job or something. But in reality, it's if you're if you're if you're as, if you're as talented as you think you are, you can always come up with the next thing, and it's not a sweat. And that's how I feel about myself personally. Is like I'm not I'm not afraid of anybody taking anything from me because I can outwork anybody I, personally. I think that's this is I, I think this is also though an interesting thought is that I I mean maybe it's semi industry dependent. Maybe I just haven't figured out some of the thought processes are like kind of things that he's describing in this idea of the processes. But I think one of the things I've learned in entrepreneurship is that it's significantly more dynamic than even I thought. And trying to create systems around something that is naturally very dynamic is, is quite challenging because like a lot, like at least in my position, a lot of what I do at the company is entirely dependent on other people and other people's schedules. So like having systems in place where it's like, hey man, I need to get you on the phone. Like how do you systemize that? It's like things like that are kind of challenging. So it's it's been an interesting roller coaster to kind of get to learn. I mean, I knew entrepreneurship was dynamic. It's it's obviously kind of a learning experience in and of itself to just get started and then keep going. Um, but it's more dynamic than I ever expected it to be. 
I thought like I'm I'm entrepreneurial. I've always been entrepreneurial. I'm eventually going to find the right company and I'm just going to go build it and I'm going to do it all by myself. But uh, yeah, that's not that's not how it works, man. You need a good team, and like what we're doing now only works because of a good team. The struggle of like coping with having this much time left to deal with Afghanistan after knowing like their friend and family member was dead, right? And at one point in my journey in Afghanistan, we actually got called together. Our first sergeant like gathered the entire unit outside early in the morning. And he gave us a speech where he basically called that entire unit a bunch of little bitches and that we should suck it up and get the fuck over it because this is war. We had been in Afghanistan for probably less than three months. And at that point, I think we had already lost nine people. So it was basically him like giving us this big story early in the morning about how like, they're a bunch of bitches. We're going to deal with it. You have to deal with it. Here we are. Get over it. And it was really, it was kind of like, I mean, before I went to Afghanistan, a friend of mine told me we were, we were going to go train in Louisiana. And he was like, it's going to suck. It is like the worst place on earth except war because no amount of training will prepare you for the day a friend dies. Like as soon as someone you know dies, it's in war, like it's a totally different thing. It's like there is zero level of training that prepares you for that. And he was right. I wasn't even in Afghanistan yet. We were like in our travels to Afghanistan when we got the news that the forward unit, some like high level leadership had like gotten there and was like getting the rundown of like how things were and what the environment was like had already been killed. So like we went into our first like blackout mode, like no calls home, nobody, you can't like make contact with any of your family because the military like wants to make sure that the proper channels are used to inform the family so that they, they don't find out from like a Facebook post. Um, and it was really in that moment that morning where it started to hit home, like just how long this year was going to be. Uh, at one point, I remember... It was actually, so we lost those two people at the beginning and then I went home on my mid-tour leave and halfway through like my 15-day break, um, my friend Swear was blown up in an IED and like lost his leg and another friend of mine had like his seventh concussion in his like military experience and was like sent home. He was like permanently no longer allowed to be at war. Um... I get back and the day I arrived at the last station before I was going to go back to my unit, I find out that in a training exercise with the Afghan military police, the a unit lost six people from the like the police basically turned and opened fire on our unit, including one of my medic friends who I then had to go replace, which up until this day may have been one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Not only because like it was a friend of mine that was no longer around, but because I had to plug into this group of people who had trained, eat, slept, breathed, and been to war with their medic. 
And especially from some of my leadership that I got plugged into, I was like adamantly rejected because I was like replacing their medic. And, and they, they made it very clear that I was never going to replace their medic. So I guess I don't really know where this story is going, but in the idea of perseverance, um, like that was one of the areas where I like really had to just keep going because like people were dying. I was getting to the point where like I was no longer upset about people dying. Like it started with like sadness and it got to anger. Like I'm spending another day standing outside for like nine hours in this big long ceremony because people I know are dead. And I got to this place where I was just like over it. It was just like, leave me the fuck alone. I just like, I don't care anymore. Like I know people die. I'd like, I just want to go back to like watch a movie, whatever. And all on top of that, I've got people who are like literally my bosses, like berating me, treating me like shit, like not giving me any kind of slack or like pleasant experience to get like integrated into their unit. And I just had to keep going because there was literally nowhere I could go. I was surrounded by people trying to kill me. Basically, you get to a point where they like train you to believe that everybody that's not in your uniform is a terrorist. And the people that are in your uniform are literally like not that much better. Like maybe they're not trying to kill me, but like I got promoted at one point and I think the guy who punched on my rank, like not sure, but I'm pretty sure he probably like broke a rib. I think he punched my collar hard enough. Like I almost blacked out one time when I sneezed after getting punched in the chest. So like, yeah, I mean, I don't really know again where any of this is going, but I think if people can do war, I think the average person can probably do just about anything. Personally, I'm like really pro, like let's not ever do war. I know in the Bitcoin space, I hear a lot of people talk about war, like I'm ready to go to war with the Fed. I'm ready to go to war with this. And I like, I always try to tell people like war is like not what we want. Like if we have to, we will. Like if they, if like Austin becomes like the Citadel city state of Bitcoin and like the federal government wants to like bring tanks to Austin, like we'll train, we'll like, we'll kick in doors, we'll clear rooms, we'll like do what we have to do. But I think the goal is to avoid war. Because just like my friend Swear told me, there's like, there's nothing that prepares you for the the day a friend dies. And if we can avoid having any of my Bitcoin friends killed over a monetary instrument change, like, I would like to avoid that. So, we're talking about building the pleb lab, right? These two gentlemen have already done it. Uh, I helped fund it a little bit so far. Um, First off, it's not an easy thing to do, right? It's not like, you know, it's not planting a small garden in your backyard. Like, it's a huge undertaking. So why would anyone in their right mind want to go down this road? And should they? I mean, I think the answer is probably a bit more nuanced than like a a blanket statement answer where it's like just a yes or no. We have one person in the room who reached out to me early in our journey who um, was expressing an interest in, in building something similar in, in Southeast Asia, uh, Bangkok. And I think the, the answer is probably yes and no. I think it depends on your intention. I also think 
we used to touch on it in the really early days of just Austin Bitcoin Club before Pleb Lab really even spawned, which is to kind of really assess your individual community needs. Pleb Lab spawned from the community that showed up to ABC's desire to get developers together more often. Like we didn't ourselves like come up with this grand plan of like, we're going to build an accelerator program in Austin, Texas. We started a social club and the people that showed up to that all wanted to get developers together more often. And I think if you're building something like a Pleb Lab, what, whatever that means for you, I think the idea is that you should probably focus on what you think or know really that your particular community needs and could benefit from. So, so Pleb Lab looks like a lot of different stuff, right? It can start as a meetup. It can be a co-working space. It doesn't have to be a full-blown accelerator, massive undertaking. Yeah. I mean, listen, if it, if it is great, I think the more people we have focused on accelerating Bitcoin, the better. Um, but it might not be the thing that makes sense where you're at. I think if you're trying to partake in uh, an accelerator program, but you don't have like an active developer, like application oriented community, then I think it would be an even larger undertaking than it is in Austin, Texas, where we have like a, a pretty decent supply of people focused on that mission. So how many people so far have kind of, reached out and expressed interest right is that like uh is that like a franchise kind of thing is that like you'll partner with these other mini sort of uh pleb communities in in other cities or are you just are, should everyone do it themselves like what are your plans for all that uh i mean how many have reached out um the first person to reach out was somebody with breeze uh in tel aviv i believe they've launched their own thing at this point um I didn't have much to give them back then. I mean, they were like asking for advice and, and thoughts. And I, I I gave them everything I had, which at the time was very little. I was like, look, I know that getting a room with a bunch of developers and founders together is useful, but I mean, that's about as much as I know. So like, I, I can't really help you beyond that. Um, and then we had Jim here reach out in Bangkok. Um, the, the guys in... Nashville and Atlanta have talked to us and asked us a couple of questions along the way. Um, I don't know anything about San Francisco, but I, I think we, my, my belief, and we talked about this yesterday as well, is that like our, our, like the way we've operated when people have reached out is I've started with like that message of like, know and understand what your community is looking for, because like I can give you broad advice but like, obviously our community might be different than yours. And then the other thing that we've done, at least when people have reached out to me specifically is like, we've kind of taken that free and open source approach where it's like, I will tell you what I know when you reach out, like that has evolved over time. And every time somebody's reached out, I'll give them what I know. But again, what we have built might not be the exact thing that makes sense where you're at. And then at the end of the day, if and when you go to try and build something that if it becomes like competition for me, I guess, is like, great. Like competition just breeds the incentive to continue to work even harder. So I think it's all good for Bitcoin. And at the end of the day, I'm here for Bitcoin. Car, so what's been like the most challenging so far? Like what, what advice would you give to somebody out there who wants to support their local plebs or kind of start their own 
pleb lab ish idea, right? Whatever that is, whether it's a hackathon or a meetup or whatever, what type of advice can you give them? I would say just just start first um, with the idea of, of gathering Bitcoiners together. I would I'm still going to double down on this. Start a club, not a meetup. Uh, for the life of God, please. Uh, meetups don't build. Um, I mean, I could go on about that, but start a club, uh, and then from there you, you'll start seeing you'll have a core base of people that will just want to assist, um, and then from there just uh, keep keep growing it. it. It's really that simple, but it starts with you actually wanting to do it. Yeah. Cause you guys funded everything yourselves, right? I mean, it was like almost no budget, you know, um, there was no budget. It's funny. It's funny that, uh, I actually, I won't say who it was, but somebody at this conference that I had, I was looking at the email I had sent that person, uh, almost a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, asking him for help. Uh, with the Austin Bitcoin Club. Uh, and uh, it was interesting when I had um, I had a talk with uh, Steven um, a couple days ago. Uh, we, I don't know how that, that topic came up. And uh, he, he was like, what did he say in the email when you asked him for help? And, and he, basically was, he, basically, he basically said, like, we don't do that, but I love the initiative. Um, keep it going. And like, I think I told you who we were reaching out to in the beginning. You probably don't remember, but um, it was it was good that they didn't help us. And that was like the best thing they could have done. We would have never had a pleb lab. It would have been something entirely different. So I think there's something to be said about um, having people shut the door on you over and over and over and over and failing over and over and over and over because it actually makes you more... Uh, Harden and it, it builds, uh, it sharpens, uh, like my friend Justin says, it sharpens uh, steel. Is that what you say? Yeah, there you go. Like, no one really outworks us. Maybe Michael Atwood, you know? Um, but even then, like, I feel like that's our biggest thing is like, we just work nonstop. 24 seven and we just really care about the people around us and we love and care about you mean them. you mean the nidig accelerator doesn't have as much hard work and grit as you guys uh, i i think they're gonna i think they're gonna do it their way and they're gonna do it the way they should do it and i think that's awesome and i want to go to new york i want to see what that like what new york accelerator looks like i, mean, I think i think you know the stuff that tarot's tarot's doing with with lightning labs i think they're gonna be able to assist them with a lot of stuff and i think there's gonna be a, a big segment of that going over there and that's going to be cool, um, but it won't be Pleb Lab. You know, I think we've we've kind of uh, created our own brand, our own distinct style, and um, yeah, I expect us to be around for the long term. I mean, I want to touch on on the the Wolf thing. I don't know how hard they work. Uh, I haven't seen it in action. I mean, I, I the guys at Nidig are not messing around. They've clearly built like a multi billion dollar business, and that's not you don't get there without putting in hard work. Um, what I, what I think is different is like touching on the very first thing you said when you asked this question is like, has the first batch begun? But Pleb Lab doesn't have batches. We don't have cohorts. We're like, we're not running the standard like legacy accelerator program model. This is not like we have this rigorous structured eight week thing. And when you're done, you're done. Goodbye. Good luck. It's like, we work with our friends because we want our friends to succeed and our friends all work together to help our friends succeed. And yes, there's like kind of like a timeline for 
like getting you funded. Like the goal is to get you funded. And once you've gotten funded, you're like now kind of like looking at kind of transitioning into the more co-working space kind of thing to like continue to build on that synergy. But we'll still help you. And we still want you to be around. And if you haven't raised in like eight weeks and 10 weeks and 12 weeks, if you keep showing up, if you keep putting in the work and you keep grinding it out, we're going to keep working with you. We have no desire to like kick our friends out on like, we're not looking to start at a certain time. We're not looking to end at a certain time. It's just a group of people who's going to keep helping one another. And if we all stay coordinated and continue to like network together, like I think our advantage is like, yeah, we work hard. But I think our advantage is that we've like really tried well to get to actually know everybody that we get to know. I go out and I meet people and I'm not like just shallowly surface level like, hi, I'm Kyle, you're Muzz, see you later. It's like I get to know people and I like the people that I meet. And the more people we can bring into the circle of our friends, the more access to people we have through their connections. Like this first person that we're working with, the car was describing, like, in the first couple of, like he came in with a brilliant idea and he had like a lot of the, the kind of like, he had his segment of the business put together. He had all of the pieces in place. What was missing was an actual technical person in the background building out a, a back end for this physical company that he had ready to go. In just a couple of days, we managed to find him a full stack developer, a junior developer, and a technical advisor who knows both of the full stack and junior developers team. We also got him plugged into our attorney. And within a couple of days, okay, so that's what excites me. Okay. That's what I love. Right. That 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 is that is the essence of like a pleb lab from my perspective. That's that's what I can get down on. You know what I mean? Yep. There's there's online hackathons, like there's all this cool shit. You take a worldwide inventory of like plebs worldwide, right? You got Israel, you've got you guys, you've got the 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 common space or whatever. You know, there's, there's just more the co-working side of things, NIDIG, like all these little cool things. But straight up, like somebody comes in with an idea, right, to their like <laughs> their local salvation pleb army and is like, this is what I want to do. And you're able to like shepherd them through like those intros or like, oh, bro, you're an LLC. Like that ain't going to work. Like let's flip this right, you know, and to like get it to that point. Now you've earned like complete, like you've earned your equity, like hands down. Right. And then you're just getting started. Right. So like that's the dopest shit, you know, that's that's not putting it in a room and like building something all day, which, that, which is like dope as fuck too. But I can't do any of that. Like I don't yeah. understand. They're all, they're going crazy. This guy's like code faster. And this guy's like, yeah, it, it, but it, 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 it's it, like, it's like you said, it's, it's really fun. Like it, that's the best part is like, it's fun. It's fun helping people, Muzz. Like it's freaking awesome. I get to hang out with Super Testnet all day and see him build cool stuff. But then Super is over here. He's like head of the lab. He's at, a little nutso though. No, he's not. He's right there. <laughs> he's, he's head of the lab. So Super is in charge of the lab. He's in charge of a lot of the workshops that we do. Like Super is really important to Pleb Lab. Um, and so yeah, he's a boss, he's kind of a boss. Uh, and so if, if super sees stuff that people need help on or whatever, he goes and does it. And, uh, having somebody like that inside of there, who's kind of running it. Then you also have like a Keon and then Austin, like it, it, it's, it's like all the, the guys are contributing to this platform that is Pleb Lab and they all individually uh, can launch off of it. And I think that's the coolest thing also that we've created is a platform 
for individuals who who just want to be in the co-working space, want to do their own thing. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, man. It's really cool. I think the the excitement that you had is the same excitement I have. It's in, in that first 10 days working with this new participant, it's not only really cool on our end to like actually see the physical stuff kind of materialize, but what was really awesome for me was to see like the unbelievable like it was it's literally almost unbelievable like the shift in energy of this person from the day we interviewed him to two weeks later like the amount of help we've been able to to create for him and like the amount of network we've been able to plug him into like his energy went from like okay cool let's see how this goes to like he's he's in there every morning like just ready to rock and roll he's calling me like i'm sorry mr call what's up like it's emotional to see how emotional it is for the people that we're able to help. Because again, a lot of these guys are actually, I, I described to a couple of people how the bear market actually seems to be relatively good for Pleb Lab because it's less noisy. And in the bear market, I mean, they always say bear markets are for builders. Um, and I think that's true because when there's not a lot of money sloshing around, that's where you really find the disciplined leadership and the dedicated team. And if you can find a disciplined leader with a dedicated team, that's exactly what we're looking for. And then all we need to do is plug them into a bigger network. Well, I mean, God bless, you know, the Drapers and all that, right? I mean, there's never been a better time to like apply for any of these things, right? The the Draper Bitcoin Accelerator, like God bless them. Like they're awesome. Jim Draper's the man, but like, there's no way they're getting that. Right. It's not pleb off the street falls into this physical location. And then like there's no way they're getting that there. It's just a different sort of deal. I think that's one of the things that differentiates us quite a bit is that they're not falling in off the street and they're not just like finding our website and applying like Wolf Draper. These guys are literally just going to go out. They're going to post a link. They're going to say, hey, we're we're interested in. Yep. Yep. Submissions open. Pleb Lab is actively on the ground searching for people. We are out there trying to find the talent. And it's not just us. It's not just like me and Carr, like spending our days, like scouring the land, looking for these guys who want to build companies. It's like the people we work with know that we want to help them. And we have this group of people beyond us that goes out. And I mean, Austin was telling me about it last night. He met a guy at the, at the bar and was like, I think Pleb Lab could help you. And like tried to tell him about how this group of people wants to help him. If what you're looking for is community, if what you're looking for is people who care about what you're working on, that's Pleb Lab. And that's what I think these other institutions lack is like, they'll have a great structured program. They'll give you more money than we can give you. But if you're just looking for people who care about you and your company and your product, that's what we do. I think the money will come. Uh, I think that that'll like come in time. Uh, as far as, you know, being able to help out with like more funding and stuff. But um, I don't know. That's just, that's the coolest thing ever when somebody is, you, when you're able to actually like to provide all that value, you know, with hiring or flipping your LLC or a desk for like a cheap value with people around that like know how to build shit. Um, that's just awesome, man. I, I don't know how you scale it. I don't know how you scale it to 12 other cities, but um, what you're doing is killer. Well, I think first, thank you, because none of it would be possible to the scale that we're already at if it wasn't for you and your work and the and the 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 energy that you've put into reaching ooh, out to ooh. your syndicate. Um, and then seriously, nobody funded these people. Yeah, I swear to God, like they fucking 
don't get it or whatever. Hold on, hold on. Like, hold on. Straight up, it's not. Well, fair. But, 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 it's not fair. Why, why is that, Muzz? Like, why? Give us because your, give the, us your, give us your venture hat. Like, why is that? Here's what I'm obsessed with: the best deals are the ones nobody sees. Like, that's the more reality, the more things, time I spend with Bitcoin companies, the ones that everyone passes on that nobody gets is the best fucking deals. And it's oversubscribed and everyone's in, everyone's in those companies. Nah, I don't think so. But things like Pleb Lab, like everyone overlooked it and that we had a banger of a deal, dude. I'm glad that we could like get you guys helped out to like where you're at now. And like Kyle's very like calculated, you know, with like the money, all, all you guys and how you're like running your shop, you know, but like, I just, why did they pass? Like, I just don't think people get like the, the best deals. And I, I would just put this in that category as one of them, like straight up, like hand, hand on, <laughs> scouts honor, man. Like one of the best, like people who invest in everything, all these, they're, they're like not the best deals. Too. Did, you, did you look at the, the people that were the, did you look at the, like the co-founding team, like me, Kyle and Keon, like what was your, like, what did you think about us? Like, straight up Wayne's world with heart, dog. That's what it is. I mean, come on, like. You're betting on the underdog. Like these people are going to do it. Like it's a killer model. Like uh, accelerators are historically hard. You know, they're hard, like not necessarily the best investments, but like this is the shit. Like how, how can you not do this at a reasonable, at a reasonable cap? There's so many, they're like the future so bright and like whatever directions like you want to take it, you know? So like, I think it's totally easy. You know, historically not an investment at all. Right. I mean, it's just like get into their fund. Um, you're, I mean, how many accelerators have been like actually funded? Uh, yeah, like That's a in good question. I don't know. As far as I can tell, none. I I've looked. But like there, I haven't there found has any. to be some sort of there's profit entities like TechStars and you know Plug and Play and all of these type of founders first. It's like normie accelerators. Like somebody has to. Somebody's making money. Yeah, I think it's from the fund typically. I mean, at least from what I saw when we were looking, this was like the biggest challenge financially in in like the first round was like, how do you sell something that's never been sold before? Well, YC prints money, dog. Like, oh, it's insane. I understand. And like, if you're going to let in 300 companies, it's not like 30. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like they just have more chips on the table, you know? Right. And it's like very, um, what's the word? It's, it's very templated. Right. I think, but this is so kind of off the, that particular topic, but to answer the question that you you asked initially, I think I said this to you way back in the day when you first got really excited about Pleb Lab and you're like, we could have a franchise of Pleb Labs everywhere. We could have one in San Francisco and one I, in New York. Sound, I didn't say that. That's not very cool. I just meant there would be cool. It would be cool to have like, you know, one in Europe, you know what I mean? And other places. I didn't, the word franchise. Is all right, all right, all right. But, but you know what I mean? And like, I, I still believe the answer I gave you back then is is where we are today, which is that like, I think there's room for more Pleb Labs, the model of Pleb Lab. But I think my belief is like how you scale that is to first fully flesh out and prove that it works in Austin with the core group of people we have in front of us. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do one of anything anywhere, right? Before right. you start thinking about, you know, Pleb Lab Miami. Uh, right. But, um, you know, like just being able to come together with the way that you're starting to monetize things and put together the education and put together the workshops, like all of those things were always like talked about, but like you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? They're, they're coming to fruition now. I hope you get some paint on the fucking walls, but. Uh, oh, that's there. You haven't seen the paint? 
I, I saw some people were painting something. If you come with us right after we leave here, you can help us peel the tape in the like the geometric room. I'm happy to. You have to fight Jana though. She did most of the painting. I think she'll probably want to peel most of the tape. But like we were talking about like before, like you can do a lot with a little. Like once you get the support from your community, like that's it, right? You know, one 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 like one tweet out there being like Pleb Labs Bear, send us your awesome freaking Bitcoin art. I mean, you're just going to have 30 boxes of like rad shit. You know what I mean? To hang up. That's cool. It's like from the community. Like you don't have to go out and like blow money on these expensive, like you know, I'm bullshit pretty much. But I like to spend your money, Moz. You, you really don't <laughs> spend much of it. You're so fucking cheap. I love it though. Man, I just want to talk about Pleb Lab now. Like I don't even want to talk about developer stuff. It got me so hyped. It's too bad I got questions. Um, so uh, this is Austin. He's the first pleb dev that I know of. Um, before we get into that, how's your tab conf going? It's amazing. It's my second conference in Bitcoin. First one was Bitcoin plus plus, and I feel like I'm just skipping all the noise and just going to the high signal conferences so far. A lot of it's over my head still, but it's good. You can kind of just show up, and maybe you don't understand everything, but you can just absorb that mind share and be a part of it. That's cool. good. So, Austin, uh, what what is a pleb dev? Tell everybody in here because this new term that I think you coined, I might have heard it from you back in like January or February, or I saw it somewhere. But what what is a pleb dev? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm trying to hunt down the origin of it because it's everywhere now. But for me, it started as a way that I could frame myself publicly and start talking in the community. Because, um, you know, I got into Bitcoin about five years ago, about two years in my journey, I wanted to start becoming a dev. And um, I, I don't learn fast. Like, I'm not the sharpest pencil. I'm not, I'm not the type of person that's super inclined to become a developer. Um, but I was learning and I wanted to be involved so bad. And I wanted to just be able to talk about my journey and frame myself. And just one day I thought of this framing Bitcoin pleb dev. And um, like, that's my Twitter now. And I was like, yeah, like that, that makes sense. Like that's a way that I'm comfortable talking about myself. And um, it's just a way that I, I think I can seek out mentorship and stuff like that. And so it just started as that, a simple framing. And, and it's kind of evolved into me realizing that there's this whole sect of um, developers that is extremely important in this upcoming chapter of Bitcoin. And it's the pleb devs. And really, it's, it's the developers that they're not um, cryptographers. They're not, a lot of them aren't CS grads. Um, they just scrape together some skills. They've built some projects. They have these basic skills and they want to build on Bitcoin. They want to contribute to Bitcoin. And from the outside looking in, you think if you are going to build on Bitcoin, you need to be that 10x protocol dev. Um, and that's what I thought. But now I'm actually, I'm, I'm on the other side of the curtain a little bit. And in fact, I'm talking to all these protocol devs here and they all agree with me that Do we they, need... really? What are they saying? Well, just that we need, we need more pleb devs and we need to build up that culture of application development building on top of Bitcoin. Um, and, I, and I guess just to be a little more clear with the delineation, you know, there's the protocol, there's actually building Bitcoin, building Lightning, super important. We love our protocol devs. But... Um, building on Bitcoin, building on Lightning, that's the level where you can move fast and break things. 
that's the level where um, you can kind of learn for a year or two and actually be able to show up and start doing something or start contributing to a project. And very few people on the outside know that. So did you get in through a hackathon? How, how, did, you, how did you get into the, the Bitcoin space? Because you work at Fold now. So how did you, how'd you break in? Uh, I mean, you. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I was in Oklahoma City my whole life. Um, and there was no Bitcoin community there at the time. And so my whole Bitcoin journey was completely solo. Um, I, yeah, was in since 2017 um, and just wanted so badly to be a part of the Bitcoin space. And that was part of what drove me into becoming a developer. Um, and I got my first kind of fiat tech job in Salt Lake City last year in 2021. But the whole time, like basically since 2020, I've wanted to move to Austin to be a part of the, the Bitcoin community there. Like, I think Parker is the one that like sparked, sparked that initial flame of just planting the flag and saying that, you know, Austin is going to be the, the Bitcoin Citadel. It's going to be the Bitcoin Mecca. It's where all the builders are going to go. And so I just had that thought in my mind for years. And as soon as I saw you and Kyle and ABC popping up, I was just lurking and I was watching from far away. And I was like, I, I want to go and I want to be a part of that. And then when Pleb Lab came along, that was it. That was like, that. this is everything I want to be a part of. It's the intersection of early stage builders and Bitcoin. And those are my two favorite things. And so I showed up in Austin four months ago and... You all let me in a pleb lab one time, and I just kept on showing up really? after that. How did we let you in? Didn't you <laughs> just like show up because of Super or something? Like I feel like Super brought well, you in or no? Uh, yeah, you, me, and Super were just grabbing lunch, and you're like, "Hey, let's go, let's go uh, eat a pleb lab back at the Capital Factory, the old space." And uh, we were going up there, and I noticed that like, "Hey, the elevators aren't locked." Um. And so I just showed up every day and I was still working my fiat job. I just showed up because I wanted you all to see me working and I wanted you all to see that I was dedicated. And then I was here. Yeah, I just walk, walk, wanted to walk the walk. Um, and so it's been cool. You all have yeah, really helped. So, so the, the people that were sharing this village with Base58, they played a big part in your journey too as well. How did, how did Base58 help you? Yeah, so I, I took Base 58 right before I moved to Austin. In fact, I was like stressing to like nearly to the point of tears, like the day before I was moving to Austin, trying to finish my last homework for Base 58. <laughs> so I was doing too much at once. But um, yeah, I mean, like I think Base, you know, like I've known for a little while that I'm not going to be protocol dev. I mean, maybe in the future, like it's not that I'm closed to it. I'm just less interested. But Base58 is a course that will give kind of anyone that exposure to the protocol and to the lowest level of Bitcoin to where you can go into almost any conversation um, and start learning from, you know, the deepest talks and the deepest concepts inside of Bitcoin. And so like that was really, it was a really important like confidence booster for me, but also just learning like about the actual limitations of Bitcoin and how it actually works at the transaction level, at the hex level. Um, yeah, and I mean, getting to network with the people in Base58 was really cool. Like I thought it was so cool. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm 
Nifty's right here teaching me. Like I, I was, I was fanboying because, you know, I still hardly talked to or met any, um, anyone in Bitcoin, let alone any builders in Bitcoin. And so I just tried to soak up as much as I could from that. Um, and really it's, it's still paying to this day. Like a lot of the conversations I'm having around the conference, like my, the knowledge I got in that course is coming into play. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah, what type of coding path did you take? Because that's like usually the first thing people will ask. Like, what what should I start with? Like Python? Should I start with like you know Rust? Like what? Like what was your coding path? Just so if there's anybody out there looking to, um... yeah, I mean, um, really, there's no right, there's no absolute right way. But I think one of the most optimal ways is what I did which is um, essentially learning the JavaScript stack. Um, you can start with HTML and CSS and learn how they built websites in the 90s. And then um, you go on to JavaScript, and if you learn JavaScript really well, you can do it to build on the front end, build some cool UI, and then you can learn it on the back end, learn how to make databases and save your data. And so you can learn one language and start to build full stack apps. Um, and so I think that's, that's the best direction. But... You know, it took me a while. Like, I, I needed a lot of exposure, um, a lot of help from people because, yeah, like, I don't, I don't pick up that kind of stuff quickly. Getting better now, but, um, you know, I've kind of, I kind of learned that it's like, okay, if I can do this, a lot of people can do this, or really anyone can yeah. do it. How long would you say it took you from, like, initially starting to getting a job at Fold, roughly? Like, how long? Um, three and a half years. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Wow. And has PlubLab helped at all, as far as like a platform, or um, in any way have we helped? Yeah, definitely. Um, How? I don't know. I think it's just the. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because there's no there's no d direct correlation on why they Fold reached back to me, but um, I had been applying to the same job at Fold since 2020, like their front end engineer job. Like it kept popping up, and I would apply for it every single time. And they never got back to me. But once I was in Austin for two months um, and I had gone through base 58. Once your star started rising, what you're saying? <laughs> My star was rising. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, you know, it was, it was the perfect time. And I somehow knew, like, like, and I was telling my wife, Jana, like, a year and a half ago. I was like, we're going to go to Austin. And once I'm in Austin, I'm going to be able to get a Bitcoin job. It's just going to be the energy. Wow. So you're just like profiting this things yeah I, ju I just knew it would happen if i if i was really hanging around you guys i knew it would happen well thanks everybody for uh coming to the talk uh austin thank you again for uh everything you do for us here at Pleb lab you're awesome thank well, you thank you uh the rest of the day will be live coding um if you guys have any questions about Pleb lab or how to start one or want to come in to do acceleration with us in austin uh, Kyle will be around. I'll be around. Austin, Topher, a lot of the people from Plab Lab will be around. So feel free to ask us any questions. Reach out via email. We're more than welcome to help you out. Thank you.